Hey, welcome to today's online worship experience. I'm Pastor Anthony. It's an honor to have you today. I hope you've had an incredible Christmas and you are ready for a great new year. As we dive into today's message, I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 2. And you can go to your YouVersion Bible app, click on the menu, events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's scriptures and notes are going to be there for you. Let's dive into God's Word together today. I don't know about you, but I absolutely despise waiting. A few days ago, my son turned 18 and we had to go to the DMV to get his license renewed. Oh my Lord, is there anything more frustrating than that? See, waiting is the unavoidable reality that we cannot yet have what it is that we want. Those two words, not yet, are very difficult for us to deal with. It's why we jump in and out of lines at Walmart or Target. It's why we weave in and out of traffic. It's why we lose our minds when we hear, welcome to Domino's, can you hold please? Why are we waiting all of the time? I wanna scream, no, I can't wait. I need you to take my order right now. And Amazon, you're killing me this Christmas season. Why is everything taking so long? Let me tell you why I think waiting is hard. Waiting is hard because it robs us of control. And if there's anything that we love, it's that we love our control. And control is the one thing that we want more than anything else. And when we have to wait, we feel like we're out of control. Now, if you know me, you know my family, you know that we love Disney. And Disney gets it. They know we hate waiting, so they help us. When you walk up to a ride, uh, there's a sign that actually says wait time. And then right there in front of you, they tell you how long you have to wait to get to experience the fun. They tell you how long it will be between not yet and now you get to experience it. One of my favorite rides, Toy Story Mania. Wait time, three days, right? It's a long time when you have to wait in some of these rides. But at least you know going in and you're not surprised. How great would it be if life was like that? You need a spouse, wait time, six months. Want a new job, wait time, 12 months. Want your kids to get it together, wait time, 18 months. It'd be a lot easier to deal with these experiences if you knew how long you were going to have to wait. What is that period of time going to be between not yet and now? And it's that empty space between those two realities of not yet and now that kind of let us know that there's a chance this might not happen. See, that's our fear. I'm a dreamer. I love to dream and I'm constantly dreaming about the future. But I've said for years, the biggest enemy of the dreams in my heart is time. Because the longer that time passes, your mind begins to play tricks on you. begin to think, maybe this will never happen for me. This thing that I dream about, this vision that I have, this clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be, maybe there's the slightest possibility that's not going to happen. And the longer that you wait in that empty space between not yet and now, those feelings that it never may happen just continue to grow and grow and grow until the fact that your dream may begin to shrink, the vision may begin to, begin to shrink because you're worried about the time that's passing. It's why the proverb actually says this, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. 
Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. So some of you watching this today, you are in the waiting period. You are between not yet and now you get to experience the reality of whatever it is you hope for. Maybe you're waiting on companionship and you're lonely. Maybe you're waiting to finally hear you're pregnant. Maybe you're waiting for a new job that will finally relieve some of that financial burden and tension that you feel. Maybe you're working on your marriage, but the season is hard and you're waiting for things to get better. Maybe you're battling a physical sickness or an anxiety and, and the waiting until that season of your life has passed is very difficult for you to deal with. When I was in college, I took a very difficult class. In fact, the class literally almost killed me. It was lifeguarding. The very first day of that class, we had to tread water while the professor went over our class syllabus. Literally, we walked into the class. The professor says, everybody into the deep end of the pool, you're going to tread water, stay off the side, stay in the middle, and I'm going to go through the course syllabus. And dude took 45 minutes to do so. And so I'm a pretty good swimmer, or so I thought. During the lifeguarding class, somebody had to help me because I felt like I was drowning. I just got so tired. I could not keep my head above water. And maybe in this season of your life, between the not yet and now, that empty space between those two realities, maybe you feel like you're treading water and you're having a very difficult time keeping your head above water. You feel like you're drowning in this season. And if you stay in that space, if you stay in that season long enough, what happens? We get tired, we stop trusting, maybe we stop believing, we stop waiting, and what do we do? We get stupid and try to take matters into our own hands. Now, this tension between those spaces, not yet and now. That tension that we feel, not a new issue. In the Old Testament, God's people struggled with that tension for hundreds of years. They found themselves captive by a foreign government living in a land that was once theirs, but it had been taken from them. And 400 years passed between the last book of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. And during that time, during that space, during that tension, they waited for a promised Savior that would be born that would change their lives. And three words in a classic song that we know pretty well changed everything. Let me read the lyrics and you see if you can figure out what three words I'm talking about. Long lay the world and sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new glorious morn. Three words, till he appeared. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that Jesus appeared and changed everything. The birth of Jesus took humanity from not yet to now. How do you handle that tension in your life? The tension between not yet and now. As we look at the Christmas story, there are two really cool encounters that we find in Luke chapter 2. And they are a part of the Christmas story, but we don't talk about them very much. 
Now, eight days after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple to be blessed. Why eight days? Because it was Jewish, it was Jewish law, Jewish tradition, that eight days after the birth of your child, you bring that son um, to the temple um, where that person would be circumcised and would be given a name. And so it's on this day that Jesus is given the name Jesus. Now we know his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. We knew that in advance, but here on the eighth day is where that happens for Jesus, his family, Mary and Joseph. This is a really big day. And so they, they come to the temple in Luke chapter two, verse 25, and they meet a couple of people. It says at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. You got to remember these people, these God's chosen people were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the Messiah to come. And so Jesus has finally come on the scene in this moment of Simeon's life. And the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So Simeon was anxiously waiting for the coming of the Messiah. The Holy Spirit was upon him and he knew he would not die before he saw the birth of this Messiah. So that day, the Spirit led him to the temple. And when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon had waited for this day. The Messiah was coming, and he would set everything right. And so Simeon was waiting for the Messiah to fix the injustice of the world, no more deceit, no more violence, no more broken families, no more broken relationships. And Simeon trusted so much in what Jesus would do that even when he laid his eyes on him, all he could say was just let me die in peace. Like I know we have finally made it to the moment where the Messiah is here, the Christ child is here, Jesus is here. That space between not yet and now, it's gone. The waiting is over, Jesus is here. That's the first encounter. But look at the second encounter in Luke chapter two, verse 36. It says, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years, and then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night. Look at the commitment, the determination from Anna. Worshiping God with fasting and prayer, she dedicated her entire life to serving and worshiping God. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. If there was anyone who needed Jesus, it was Anna. 84 years of hurt and pain. If anybody knew the pain of waiting, it was Anna. If anyone knew how much humanity needed to be rescued and needed change, 
it was Anna. If anyone knew how bad we needed a savior, it was Anna. And then on that day, waiting gave way to reality. Let me give you a biblical truth that I think will help you if you can wrap your mind and really grab hold of it and, and allow it to just find root in your heart. Here's the truth. Expect God to move. Trust his process and watch your faith grow. Those are three things that we must do as followers of Jesus. Expect God to move, trust his process, and watch your faith grow. I'm reminded of what we've taught a lot over the last few years as we've been walking through crisis together in so many different forms in our lives. And, and we talk a lot about how we should respond in those moments of crisis, maybe even when we're having a crisis of faith. And what is that? We believe that God can. We pray that he will. And then we trust him whether he chooses to or not. That's basically what we're saying. We're expecting God to move. We believe that he can and we expect it. And, and I believe that that actually determines our response to Jesus. I think it determines our worship. In fact, we often say that worship is determined by the atmosphere of our expectation. The more we expect God to move, the more that we believe that he can, the greater our faith is, the more that we worship him in spirit and truth, the more that we look to him for the things in our life. We believe that he can and we pray that he will. We're trusting him in the process and we trust him whether he chooses to or not. And when we're walking with Jesus in that way, here's what's happening. Our faith is growing. Our faith is growing. Let's be honest. In these moments where Simeon encountered Jesus and Anna encountered Jesus, think about their lives. They recognized that Jesus was the Messiah and he had shown up, right? Waiting gave way to reality. But here's the deal. Their experiences and circumstances really didn't change. Think about that. Rome was still in charge. The injustices that happened yesterday still happening today. Orphans are still in the streets. Widows are still undefended. Greed and jealousy still run the day. Did anything really change in those moments? Here's what changed. This baby is here. This life. Jesus. He turned there not yet into now. What did he do? He gave them hope. And hope is a powerful thing. My prayer is that you experience Jesus this Christmas in a way that you've never experienced him before. That the reality of who he is and who he wants to be in your life and in your family just comes alive to you like never before. That he does for you exceedingly above all that you can ask, think, or even imagine. That hope would burst forth in your life because you know that he is Emmanuel, God with you. Jesus is here and that space between you're not yet and now like is just gone, like that tension is gone. Why? Not because everything suddenly changes in your life, but you recognize that his presence in the middle of your circumstance changes everything and that you would have undeniable hope. I wish I could tell you that your waiting is over. I wish I could tell you that the season that you've been walking through is complete. I wish I could tell you that today your situation is going to drastically change. I can't, but here's what I can tell you. Now, 
God is here. Now you are not alone. Now you can have hope. Now you can go on. Now you can face this situation. Now you can have peace. Expect God to move. Trust his process. And watch your faith. Watch it grow. We all have our stuff. We all have our challenges. We all have grief and pain and things that we're walking through, especially in this season of our life. But here's what I'm learning, and I pray that you would learn it as well. Just because I'm waiting doesn't mean that God's not working. Just because you're waiting, just because you're in that tension, it doesn't mean that God's not working. He is our hope. He is my everything. I don't have a backup plan. But the great thing is, I don't need one. When you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. Hey, I'm Pastor Chris. I'm Ashley. I'm Jackson. I'm Cole. I'm Jackie. And we want to wish our North Park Church family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, I'm Jeremy. Hi, I'm Asa. Hi, I'm Timlin. I'm April. And we're the Robinsons. We want to wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Hey, what's up, North Park fam? Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Cruz family. We love you guys. Hey, North Park family. We are Robert and Amanda Kyles, and we would like to wish you a, a very, very Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and a Happy, Happy New Year. Year. Hi, I'm Stephanie, and I just want to wish my amazing North Park family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas from the Cahoons. Feliz Navidad. And Leah. And now Leanne will sing a special solo. What's <clears throat> up, uh, North Park family? How you guys doing? Marcelo <laughs> here. Thais, little Noah. We just want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas Merry and a Happy Christmas. New Year from the Fajitas. Feliz Ano Novo. Feliz Natal. We love you guys <laughs> so much. And see you guys next year. Yay! We love you! Hi, I'm Jeff. And I'm Terry. And we're the Schaefers, and we want to wish our North Park family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From our house to yours. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. You are loved, and we are cheering you on. So much for joining us online today. You made our day when you logged on. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home for this very special Sunday. But we cannot wait to see you next week, January 2nd, back in person to start the year off strong. Thank you so much again for being with us today. And we hope you have a great, happy, very merry rest of your holidays. Peace.